That's in the Bible, show six. Do angels have wings and would you know one if you saw it? Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, now is that stay. Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod. Well, welcome back to That's in the Bible. And here we are with show number six. This is the show, actually our whole podcast is all about um, interesting topics and, and things that we talk about are always found in the Bible. Some of the things that you may have heard and may have always believed uh, about the Bible and things found in the Bible actually aren't in the Bible. And that's really what we're looking at. And I think a good example of that is today's show in which we're going to be talking about angels and the fact that angels don't have wings, which I know we've mentioned. It's even on the top of our top of our website at, at uh, thatsinthebible.com. But we'll be looking at that in a little bit closer. Well, back finally back in the studio is Matt. You finally decided to come out from the cold of Liverpool. Yeah, I came out uh, from the snow belt. It's uh, it's good to be here. It's good to be. It's uh, a good thing I had a four wheel drive car today too. <laughs> it's very good. You were a little scared to get out there, but uh, I wasn't scared. Just I was... just as we thought we were going to have nice warm weather. I think the last show we were talking about how it was like almost fifty degrees. Today we're back in the uh, in the ice and the cold and the snow and. Uh, a lot of snow tonight on the way to church. That's true. I just want to say uh, I was filled with the Holy Spirit today because uh, I actually braved the storm. My dad was not filled with the Holy Spirit. He wasn't led. <laughs> actually, I, I went with you because <laughs> you were filled because you had a four-wheel drive vehicle. <laughs> that might be true. <laughs> and also laughing and joining us today is Steve out in beautiful, sunny, and I would assume snowy western New York, Steve. Actually, we have rain. Rain. It's, it's one of those cold, rainy days. It's just raining, raining, raining. It was kind of gloomy here, but man, it got cold, and then the snow really came down. Well, it's still warm enough to have rain, and it's not freezing over yet. So, and see, in Buffalo, gets the bad rap. Oh yeah, that's absolutely. not even fair, is it? No, I mean we're good people over here. I don't know what's <laughs> wrong with everybody. Yeah, always dumping on us. Snow usually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you guys had a had a really a, a tragedy up by you with the plane oh, crash. Yeah, it was a horrible thing. Um, you know, the amazing thing that the plane came down and really only hit one house, and almost like it just dropped straight out of the sky and just fell down straight on the house. And uh, uh, got one man in, inside the house and all the people on the plane perished. But uh, it's an amazing thing for this area as much as uh, people were grieving uh, the community has a reputation. As much as we get knocked uh, nationally for the snow and, and uh, bad weather and so forth, the, the people here in this area are, are just remarkable in how they band together and and uh, show the support uh, for those that uh, face the tragedy firsthand. And uh, just the number of ways that people helped, uh, people comforted and consoled, uh, encouraged uh, the, those that were hurting uh, in a very special way. You know, it, it was really just listening to the radio over the past few days since the accident, uh, the number of people that weren't directly uh, knew somebody, but knew somebody that 
that was directly involved. And so it made it, uh, uh, how shall I say, even more personal. Uh, just, uh, you know, just a horrific thing, and yet uh, the people standing up and, and uh, being as our reputation around here is the city of good neighbors. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I, was, I happened to be in the area last uh, weekend and um, attended church there on, um, on Sunday in my old hometown of Lockport. And I know the pastor brought up that it, uh, people have at least been, I think, a little bit more eternity conscious, be, conscience, conscious because of the, uh, the plane crash. That's true. That's very true. You know, they've, they've started to maybe realize, uh-oh, you know, something, something could happen and I'll be off into eternity. Well, I know several churches have had uh, uh, prayer meetings and and opened their doors to anyone that uh, uh, you know has a spark of of spirituality at all and wants to pray uh, and uh, just be around those folks that have a, a spiritual mind to them and uh, they've been well received, well received. And the the last time I think it happened on a, on a big scale was what nine nine eleven. Yeah, I think there was another plane crash uh, a few years ago. Um, uh, I, right off the top of my head, I can't remember exactly when. I know that I've heard it, uh, but on a major scale, you're you're right. The last time was nine eleven. And it's too bad that it takes something of, you know, that magnitude for people to to start to think about, you know, their eternal their eternal destination. What's going to happen to them when they die? And I think uh, 9-11, too, was, was a wake-up call for a lot of people. But um, we kind of see, you know, at the beginning, there was a lot of American flags out there showing patriotism, uh, really praying a lot. But now, uh, you know, uh, hardly anybody really remembers. I mean, everybody knows that, you know, that happened. But uh, they start to forget about God, and they start going on their busy day-to-day lives with their uh, treadmill lives, I call it, where we just keep on the treadmill, we just keep going, going, going. Uh, try and stay at the same pace and and uh, not think about God, but I hope uh, um, the Lord doesn't have to send more and more tragedies. That we actually have to um, have these tragedies to look to the Lord. Well, the thing about it is that the entanglements of this world um, just seem to be more plenteous than they have been in the past. I mean, all the gadgets that are supposed to save us time actually take more time, and uh, they pull us in. Um, you know, they take our mind off of things. When the when the clock was running slower, and I, what I mean by that is when, as Matt talks about being on the treadmill, uh, you know, there was a time when you actually were alone with your thoughts. Uh, now, with all the gadgets that we have, you're not alone with your thoughts. And God has a, I, I won't, I'm not limiting God, but I think you know what I mean. God has a hard time getting a hold of us and getting us to think about uh, spiritual things about eternal things, and uh, when tragedies like this happen, everything kind of slows down. It, it, it kind of the gadgets and all the the entanglements of life kind of take a back seat to what really is important, and that's why be, people become more spiritually conscious of things, and and their conversation seems to tend that way. But just like anything else, it won't be long before they forget about it. And, uh, they'll be back with all the uh, things of this life and this world has to offer, and their minds will no longer be on spiritual things. So we ought to be diligent and uh, be sensitive at the same time in, in trying to reach those that uh, uh, 
have a, a spiritual mind because of this tragedy. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we are going to do our uh, quote. Is it quote of the day or quote of the week or what is it? I don't remember. <laughs> well, it's of the day. Let's put it that way. Well, we'll say quote of the day. That's what it was, wasn't yeah. it? Huh. Yeah. And I've said it at least five other times and I couldn't remember what it was. It's only been a week since we've been here. What's going <laughs> yeah. on? Here? I don't know. It's the old age. It is. Up old age you, is not creeping. It's advancing rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, as my friend says, half Simers. I, I don't have it all the time. I got it half the time. All right, so now it's time for our quote of the day. And we've got Steve here with her quote. Well, I'm going to venture a little bit uh, off the path that we've had over the, the past few podcasts that we've had and do something a little bit more current. In fact, it's uh, uh, in today's Buffalo Evening News. It's from the Associated Press. And uh, some of you uh, listening to the podcast may have heard about this uh, chimpanzee in Stamford, Connecticut that attacked a woman. Uh, this woman was visiting a friend of hers who owns the chimpanzee. And uh, for some unknown reason, the chimpanzee attacked her and was finally uh, put to death by police. And I want to read you some things about the chimpanzee first and then try to give you a quote from uh, um, Colleen McCann. Uh, um, she's, uh, I hate to interrupt you, Steve, but just listening to that, I'm surprised that uh, some people aren't, wouldn't have rather had it the other way around. You know, that the, uh, the how dare the woman, you know, get in the way of the chimpanzee. How, <laughs> how, dare, they, how dare they kill the chimp, chimp, chimp instead of the woman. <laughs> yeah, well, chimp almost got her. <laughs> she's still in critical condition. Wow. All right, well, let me read this. And uh, it's from Stanford, Connecticut. Travis is a chimpanzee, a veteran of TV commercials, was constant companion of a lonely Connecticut widow who fed him steak, lobster, and ice cream. He could eat at the table, drink wine from a stemmed glass, use the toilet, dress, and bathe himself. He brushed his teeth with a water pick logged on to the computer to look at photographs and channel surfed uh, the television with a remote control. But on Monday, the 200-pound uh, animal mauled a friend of his owner before being shot to death by police. Investigators are trying to figure out why. And this is the quote. It is hard to say what exactly er, precipitated this behavior, said Colleen McMahon, McCann, I'm sorry, a Bronx Zoo primatologist. At the end of the day, they are not human, and you can't always predict their behavior and how or why or, or how or any other wild animal will respond when they feel threatened. Now that quote is kind of unusual, especially coming from someone of her background, because my uh, how shall I say, experience, uh, those that are in that kind of position are evolutionist. And for her to make a statement that reminds us that chimpanzees are not human is kind of odd, I guess, best way to say it. For all these years, evolutionists have tried to, to prove to us how close the ape and the chimpanzee are to human beings. 
Uh, one time I heard uh, the discussion used that uh, the DNA strain of an ape and the DNA strain of the human being are slow, so close that it's hard to distinguish between the two. And I read an article one time where it said the DNA strain of a watermelon is as close to a human being as the DNA strain of an ape to a human being as well. So it kind of gives you an idea of where they're coming from. Uh, really what you have, if you're talking about DNA strain, is it shows more that there's a creator, a designer in all of this that knows exactly what he's doing. Amen. You can dress up an animal a chimpanzee, they can have all the acts, all the mannerisms of a human being, but they're still, a, they're still an animal. They're not a human being. And this primatologist from the Bronx Zoo uh, had to let us know that. We've known that all along. We know that God made human beings, and we know that he made animals, and we know that he made chimpanzees and apes and so forth. Uh, they may mimic our behavior, but they're still, they're not human. Amen. That's and right. uh, neither are watermelons. <laughs> <laughs> Although, uh, you don't see many people dressing up watermelons. Or uh, no. no, no. <laughs> having them as a pet. That'd a little, little dumpy, scary. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, and also, I mean, biblically, when you look at it, um, a lot of the reason why um, the animals do not act like we do, I mean, the animals could care less. Uh, you know, if they... If they're in the, your yard and it's bothering you, they could care less. And and really the reason why, the biblical reason why, is because uh, they have a different spirit than we do. The, the Bible talks about uh, we have a spirit of man and they have a spirit of an animal. And and, right. uh, and I can't remember exactly where that verse is in the Bible. Um, Steve knows. Steve, you know where that is? <laughs> I believe it would be in Ecclesiastes, if I'm not mistaken. I believe I don't so. Know. Yeah, I'm just not it's sure where. I told you, Steve. No, we'll put it. We'll put it on the show notes, so you'll have that. Uh, well, Steve, will, Steve will have it before we're done. <laughs> Steve, we're counting on you. But the, but the, that I'll for work pressure, on it, Steve. <laughs> but it's the, uh, it's the, it's the uh, benefit of live podcasting. <laughs> but the whole thing is, is I mean, you get all these people that say. These these animals are just, you know, uh, us, we just, you know, they haven't uh, evolved as far as we have. And, and the whole thing is, is, it's not that. It's not that at all. They, they don't have a conscience of, uh, of doing right and wrong between uh, God, and, and they don't have that spirit. We're, we're given the spirit that we're actually able to communicate with others and be able to communicate uh, uh, with God as well if we get that spirit reborn. And, and that's the whole thing is, you know, these people think that they're just evolved, but that's not it at all. They're, di they're a different creation, a separate creation other than mm -hmm. us. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't care how many millions of years they're going to go by. That's, that's just not going to happen where they're going to, uh, you know, be wearing pants just like the watermelon isn't either. <laughs> and I heard a, I heard a couple of things as well. You know, the evolutionists believe that we evolved for monkeys that our ancestors swung by their tails and, and, uh, but the thing is too, is that if you truly believe that, if you believe that those are our ancestors and you also believe as well that the torrential rain came down billions of years ago onto the earth, and uh, from the rocks became that that soup that came out of there. So you better watch out what you're uh, walking on, because that could be Grandpa you're walking on there on one of those rocks. <laughs> yeah, if you believe on all that, <laughs> all that muck. And uh, I just like to save the watermelon. <laughs> Why is there no movement to save the watermelon? The seedless end. Who cares about the watermelon? No one. The watermelon. I think we should start something. All right, we'll do it here. 
Right, how you come with that verse, Steve? I'm looking. <laughs> I'm looking. We're gonna get this. This will bring in some calls now. I got the verse oh, boy, right I'll here. I got Stupid the verse, Steve. He should have had this in his brain. <laughs> I got the verse uh, of all the verses in the Bible. That's the only one I know, but I got it. <laughs> uh, the, it's Ecclesiastes three twenty one. Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward, and the spirit of the beast? That goeth downward to the earth. There See, I was go. looking for animal as beast. That you messed me up. Man. I messed you I'm up, sorry. brother. <laughs> that must have been in the uh, nutty idiots version that, <laughs> yeah. that, I, that I have over here. <laughs> that would be the NIV. The NIV. <laughs> Ecclesiastes three twenty one. All right, thanks, Steve. We knew you could come through for us. Yeah, well, come through in the clutch. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I guess maybe it's time to get into our uh, topic for today. On do angels have wings, and would you know one? If you saw it, an angel, not a wing or <laughs> or, or a watermelon. <laughs> All right, Matt, you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right, so here we go with our lesson of the day. All right, so uh, we're going to be doing this study on angels, uh, angelology, which is the study of angels here. And and our title was, Do Angels Have Wings? And Would You Know One If You Saw It? Uh I'm not going to go to those questions just yet. I'm going to kind of go into where they came from, all that kind of stuff, and and hopefully answer a lot of questions and and a lot of theories that people have had about angels and, and paintings of angels and and things like that, and uh, just show you a lot of things maybe that you thought were true about angels really isn't according to the Word of God and until uh, according to God. Now, angels were not born; angels were created by God. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17 says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. So uh, so God created everything. You, know, you can also look in Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. It says, uh, for thou hast created all things. So the angels were created. The angels are in heaven. Uh, the ones that have not fallen are in heaven, and they were created by God. Um, they were never born. Uh, they, were, they were created by God. And you see that also in Psalm chapter 104, verse 4, which says, who maketh his angels spirits. So he maketh his angels. Um, now, the first mention of angels uh, in the Bible... Uh, the first, well, not the first mention, but the the word angel first occurs in Genesis chapter sixteen, verse seven, where it's where the angel of the Lord ministered to Hagar after Sarah had mistreated her. Um, now, angels are spirit beings, okay? In Psalm chapter one hundred four, verse four, I read that who maketh his angels spirits. Hebrews chapter one, verse fourteen says, "Are they not all ministering spirits?" So, angels are spirit beings. Um, and as, as spirit beings, uh, angels are not bound by human laws. Uh, we have these laws that uh, we can't walk through doors, we can't do things like that, uh, of those natures. But the Bible says that angels have actually done those sorts of things. Uh, for example, they can enter locked prisons, Acts chapter 12, verse 7. Uh, they can also open prison doors, Acts chapter 5, verse 19. Now, I'm not going to be able to go uh, and show you all these out of the Bible. I wish I could, but uh, with our limited time, uh, you're going to be able to get these all on our show notes as well, so you can look these up in your own time. Again, don't take what we're saying, uh, but look it up. Search it out for yourselves. Now, also, they can ascend in a flame, Judges chapter 13, verses 19 through 20. They can also travel great distances very quickly, Daniel chapter 10, verses 12 through 13. 
Uh, so you can see they've got a great amount of abilities because they are not bound by uh, human laws because they're not, they were never born, they're not humans. Uh, they're also very strong. Uh, you see that one killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers in one night. That's in 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 35. Now, that's a pretty strong angel. Uh, one angel uh, slew 70,000 Israelites following David's sin in 2 Samuel 24, uh, verses 15 through 16. Also, one day an angel will bind the devil and imprison him for a thousand years. And that's found in Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 3. And also Psalm chapter 103, verse 20 says, Bless the Lord, ye his angels that excel in strength. So we see here that they're very strong. Uh, they've got a great amount of abilities, but also they're very wise. In 2 Samuel chapter 14, verse 20, uh, it says, The lady speaketh to David, said, My Lord is wise according to the wisdom of an angel of God to know all things that are in the earth. Uh, and also in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7, it says they are mighty angels. Uh, so we see here that the angels um, are pretty amazing beings that God created. Um, when you look here also, uh, angels are ministering spirits. Uh, angels ministered to Jesus Christ at the great temptation, Matthew chapter 4, verse 11. Um, now angels are immortal, uh, the ones that have not fallen. Uh, Luke chapter 20, verses 35 through 36 says, But they which shall be accounted worthy to obtain... That world and the res resurrection from the dead neither marry nor are given in marriage, neither can they die any more, for they e are equal unto the angels and are the children of God, being the children of the resurrection. Now, uh, how many angels are there? You know, uh, it seems like they're they're very powerful, but how many are there? Well, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 says, There's a numeral company of angels. And Jesus spoke of being able to call 12 legions of angels. Uh, now, there would be Three to 6,000 uh, angels in each legion. So, again, any one of those angels could have killed 185,000 at least, men at least. So, so uh, that's, that's a pretty good amount. Uh, now, where do they live? Uh, where is their abode? Uh, it's Mark chapter 12, verse 25 says, For when they shall rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are the angels which are in heaven. So the angels, uh, their abode where they live is in heaven. Uh, and the Bible also says that angels are holy. They are called holy angels in Luke chapter 9, verse 26. All right, now we're going to get into the work of angels. We kind of went over, gave you the basic uh, foundation of what angels are. And uh, now we're going to get into uh, kind of the work of their angels. What do they do? Uh, you know, do they help us out? Um, do we have, uh, what do you call it, like a guardian angel, those kind of things? Um, angels really are here, uh, many of them, to guide believers. Uh, an angel guided Philip to meet the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter 8, verse 26. The Bible says, And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem, unto Gaza, which is desert. So we can see here that um, the Ethio uh, that Philip, um, he was sent by the angel. The angel uh, told him, hey, go over this way. And this is where we see the Ethiopian eunuch. He was reading out of Isaiah. And uh, he was reading about Jesus Christ, the prophecy about Jesus Christ. But he didn't know um, really who, who the Bible was talking about. So here, the angel of the Lord, which is Jesus Christ, uh, which I'll go over that more uh, coming up here, but told him, hey, go over to this Ethiopian eunuch. He doesn't know. Uh, he, he needs somebody to guide him through the scriptures. And that's what, uh, that's what Philip did. And eventually the Ethiopian eunuch got saved. So they help us out down here on earth. Uh, they're also here to assist, protect, and strengthen us, uh, the saints. 
they help they help Daniel in uh, Daniel chapter uh, five verse twenty two I believe it is it says my God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth that they have that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me and also before the O king have I done no hurt so here uh, when they sent the uh, lions when uh, Daniel was in the lions then uh, the angel actually shut the mouth of the lions so that they could not hurt him uh, also. Uh, the, the angels helped Elijah in 1 Kings chapter 19. They also ministered to Jesus Christ at the temptation uh, with the devil in Matthew chapter 4, verse 11. They also ministered to Jesus in the garden at Gethsemane, Luke chapter 22, verse 43. And they will accompany our Lord when he returns in Matthew chapter 25, verse 31, which says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. Now, these angels are also going to be used... Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, they were used also, uh, and had a part in giving the law, giving the Ten Commandments and all the other laws. And uh, that's in Acts chapter 7, verse 53. It says, Who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. Also, Galatians chapter 3, verse 19. Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. So we see here that angels uh, guide and help us out here on the earth, those of us that are saved. Um, and also, uh, angels had a part in giving the law in the Old Testament. Now, we're going to go over kind of the real interesting things, I think. Um, and a lot of people, when I talk to people about angels, um, they talk about angels and, and show a picture of wings and all those kind of things. We're going to go into that now. And I know this is at the front of our website here. Do angels have wings? Well, let's look at what the Bible says. Let's throw out what uh, paintings show, what people have said down through the centuries. Let's, let's look at what God said in his word, what his creation looks like. So Genesis chapter 19, if you'll turn there with me. Genesis chapter 19, and in verse 1 it says, And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into uh, your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and you shall rise up early, and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all night. So if you go down to verse 5, it says, And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee this night? So if you read back up in uh, verses 3 and 4, it's talking about all these men of the city, um, even young ones, coming to their door, coming to um, their door and saying, Hey, where's these men that came in unto you? But we see these were not men. These were angels. But the people of the city thought that they were just men. So if they had wings, uh, there's no way that they would say, where are these men? And then also, if you look in verse 8, it says, Behold, now I have two daughters. Now, this is the uh, the uh, lot had gone out to the door and said, Hey, you guys, you know, the guys of the city, hey, I have two daughters here, um, which have not known men. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and do you to them as is good in your eyes only unto these men do nothing for therefore came they under the shadow of any roof um you go down also verse 10 but the men put forth their hand and pulled lot into the house to them and shut the door now again this is the two angels so in the bible you have this all throughout that the angels are men uh, you also hear that angels are sexless that they're not male or female that they're you know that they're just sexless they don't have a sex 
Uh, but here we see that they're men and that they don't have wings uh, because these people of the city would have thought that uh, that or knew that they were angels if they would have saw wings. Now let's look at another uh, point of that. Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. I'm only going to give one more, but we'll put a bunch of them more on the show notes. We have a whole bunch of these in the Bible where it talks about angels being males and never having wings. Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 1. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto this sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they answered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed, thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified the third day, the third day uh, rise again, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words and returned from the sepulcher and told of these things unto the leaven uh, and to, the, to all the rest. So here they're coming to uh, Jesus Christ's uh, tomb. Uh, you know, they, they're expecting to see, you know, that the tomb, that the stone's still there, uh, but it's not. It was rolled away. And here are two men. They, they saw two men standing here with them and said, well, you know, why are you amazed? Now look over in verse 22. It says, Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. So these women went and told all these people, the, the eleven um, and all, all the others uh, that were there, the apostles and all the others, and, and told them what they had saw about these men. And it says right here, Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. So here we've got uh, angels talking, uh, looked at as men and also angels. So men are always likened to angels. Uh, we'll go to one more, Revelation chapter 21. And again, this is John, the Apostle John, Revelation chapter 21, verse 9. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride and the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city and holy Jerusalem, sending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her light was like unto a stone, most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And he had uh, and had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and names written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east three gates, and on the north three gates, on the south three gates, and on the west three gates. Now if you go down to verse 17, And he measured the wall thereof, and hundred and forty and four cubits, according to the measure of a man that is of the angel. So again, all throughout the Bible, they never have wings, and they're always uh, likened to men. They're always uh, now again, they're not men, they're not uh, human beings, but they're angels, and they're always um, people always think that they are men because they look like men. Uh, they never have wings. Um, now, we are never to worship angels. Now we've got a lot of. Uh, religions, a couple that I've heard of that actually go and, hey, you know, uh, we should worship the angels, we should worship all this, um, but that's totally against scripture. Um, now, when you look in Galatians chapter 1, verse 8, go there real quick, Galatians chapter 1, verse 8. 
Galatians 1 verse 8 says, But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. So if there is any angel that comes down and says, hey, you know, you should do this, you should do that. Listen, if it's if it's any other gospel other than the gospel of Jesus Christ, don't listen to him. It doesn't matter if he's an angel from heaven because uh, God said, listen, this is the gospel to you, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, that he has no higher authority over the word of God. Uh, also in Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, it says, And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. So if you say, hey, I saw an angel the other day, uh, and he told me to do this, I would say, hey, uh, how do you know that's not Satan? Because Satan can be transformed into an angel of light. Now, Satan is not an angel, and we'll go over that some more. But, uh, a- uh, but Satan can be transformed into an angel of light. Now, also, Judges chapter 13, verse 16, um, if you look there, let's go there real quick. Judges chapter 13, verse 16. Judges 13, verse 16 says, um, And the angel of the Lord said unto Manoah, Though thou detain me, I will not eat of thy bread. And if thou wilt offer a burnt offering, thou must offer it unto the Lord. For Manoah knew not that he was an angel of the Lord. So he was saying, listen, you, you can't offer, offer this burnt uh, sacrifice to me. You have to offer it to the Lord. And that's kind of the same thing for today. Listen, we can't uh, praise and worship angels. Um, we can't, uh, you know, bow down to them. We can't do anything like that. Um, even statues, of course, of angels, uh, because the word of God forbids it. He says, listen, give all the glory, give all the praise to God. If you also look in Revelation chapter 22, verses 8 and 9, it says, And I, John, saw these things and heard them. And when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel, which showed me these things. Then saith he unto me, See thou, do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren, and the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. So again, this kind of backs up everything that I was just saying. Uh, do not worship angels. Uh, worship uh, the, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now also, angels are 33 and a half year old males. Now you say, well, where, where do you get that from? Uh, the whole thing is that Jesus Christ, when he died, uh, was at least 33 years old. He was probably 33 and a half years old. Um, and also, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is called the angel of God in Acts chapter 27, verse 23, in Galatians 4, 14. So the angel of the Lord, well, I kind of said that a little bit earlier, was actually Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus Christ was born in human flesh. Uh, he was manifest in flesh, First Timothy 3.16, um, uh, through Mary in the New Testament. But before that, uh, he appeared as the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament. So every time you see uh, the angel of the Lord, it's always uh, an appearance of Jesus Christ. Now, um, a thing about that that's pretty cool also is that since Jesus Christ, when he was resurrected, was 33 and a half years old, he had a glorified body, just like the angels, uh, uh, they're 33 and a half year old, plus we're going to be 33 and a half years old. The Bible says that we're going to be like the angels in heaven, uh, so, and also we're going to be uh, uh, conformed to the image of Lord Jesus Christ. So we're going to have a 33 and a half year old glorified body when we're resurrected. Um, and again, we'll put these uh, notes on the show notes because how I come to 33 and a half years old in the book of John, there's four Passovers. And, and when Jesus Christ started his ministry, he was 30 years old. He had to be. Um, and uh, it talks about the first Passover a couple days later and then goes over the other four Passovers. Um, now, again, angels are appearances. Um, a lot of people say um, that they're only just, uh, um, let's see here. Now, many say that angels are just messengers, 
and that really is their only uh, purpose and task. But the Bible uh, paints a much larger picture. Angels are appearances. Now, again, the Lord Jesus Christ in the Old Testament appears as the angel of the Lord. And uh, you see that when he was in the fire. Uh, they said, boy, there's three of them, but also there's a fourth one, uh, like, the, the, like the Son of Man. So that was Jesus Christ right there as the angel of the Lord. Also, um, at the uh, burning bush with Moses, uh, he said, I am. And uh, that's, that's uh, Jesus Christ talking from the bush, but it's actually God. Um, now, Michael the archangel, instead of being a messenger, stands as the, as the prince. And Daniel, Daniel chapter 12, verse 1 says, The great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. So the nations have appearances in heaven represented by angels. So pretty much everything down here has a represent, uh, representation, uh, somebody representing them up in heaven, uh, an angel representing them up in heaven. Now, children have appearances in heaven uh, represented by angels, and that's in Matthew chapter 18, verse 10. Also, local churches have appearances in heaven, which are re- represented by angels as well, uh, which are the seven churches, and, and you'll see that in Revelation chapter 2 uh, and chapter 3. All right, so I'm just going to go over a couple more things here. Two, uh, two main angels in the Bible that, that the Bible talks about. Now, of course, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, the angel of the Lord, is the biggest one. But uh, Michael is another one, Michael the Archangel. In Jude 9, he is called the Archangel. Uh, He is mentioned three times in Daniel. In Daniel chapter 10, verses 13 and 21, and also Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, where he is called a prince who stands for Daniel's people, the Jews. Now, his work appears to be threefold, according to the Bible. Uh, Number one, to deliver God's people, particularly the Jews, from the power of Satan, found in uh, those verses that I gave you in Daniel. Also, number two, Michael the archangel and his angels will fight against the devil and his angels and cast them down on the earth, which is Revelation 12, verses 7 and 9. He is also associated with uh, the resurrection of the dead. Uh, He's associated with the resurrection mentioned in Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. And he also contested with the devil at the resurrection of Moses in Jude 9. And also the voice of the archangel that will be heard when the dead shall rise in Christ uh, in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 16 will be the voice of the uh, Michael the archangel because he's the only archangel mentioned in the scriptures and boy I can't wait for that for for that for him to uh, shout and for us to go up but uh, so that's Michael that's Michael the archangel now you've got also Gabriel now Gabriel is mentioned by name four times in the Bible uh, two times in Daniel and two in Luke Gabriel's uh, work appears to be associated with the redemptive work of God uh, in Daniel chapter 8, verse 16, and chapter 9, verses 21 through 27, Gabriel appeared to Daniel to inform him that the time of Christ, uh, to inform him as to the time of Christ's first coming. Now, in uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 5 through 20, Gabriel announced to Zacharias that he would have a son who is later known as John the Baptist, and of course, that's the forerunner of Jesus Christ. And then also, uh, the third one is uh, in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 33. Gabriel came to Mary and told her she would have a child and to call his name Jesus and that it, uh, he would sit on the throne of David forever. Now, again, there's, there's some people that say there's, there's certain things in the Bible that are angels, uh, but they're really not. Now, a couple of those are seraphims and cherubims. Now, seraphims, uh, these are creatures that are located in heaven above the throne of God, and they have six wings. And you'll see that in Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. And also cherubims. Now, these uh, cherubims uh, spoke in the Bible. Uh, they do have wings as well, and the six wings, but these are not angels. Um, now, the amazing thing is, uh, let's see here. 
turn with me to Revelation chapter 4 real quick, and we'll look at these cherubims, because um, I think this is pretty interesting. Revelation chapter 4, and this is at the throne of God. And uh, in Revelation, Revelation chapter 4, verse 6, starting, and it says, And before the throne there was a sea of glass, like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, and the second beast like a calf. And the first beast had a face as a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had much of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which one, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts gave glory and honor, when and when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to Him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever. So here you have four beasts. Uh, you've got the lion, you've got the eagle, and one like a man and one like a cow. Now. Those are four cherubims up there. Now, there's five cherubims, all right? So you've got the lion. That's the king of the wild beasts on this earth, uh, representative. Uh, you've also got the eagle, which is the uh, kind of the representative of the king of the flying uh, animals. You've got the man, which is, of course, represents us, the king of God's creation. Um, and also um, the cow, which is really the king of the domesticated animals uh, down here. Now, you're missing one. You're, re- you're missing the reptilian class. And uh, that's where uh, Lucifer comes into play. And that's uh, uh, the cherubim, which is uh, Satan. Okay, now, um, of course, in the garden, uh, it says that the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. And that's the one that we're missing right now. And, you know, a lot of people say, hey, you know, the, the angels fell and also Satan fell as well. You know, that Satan was an angel. Satan's not an angel. He's actually uh, a cherubim. Look with me in Ezekiel chapter 28 and you'll see that he's actually a cherubim and uh, he's not an angel. All right, Ezekiel 28. And verse 14 says, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. All right, so this is talking about Satan. If you look back into verse 11 and go down, and I know in the earlier podcast, Steve talked about this, um, that this is actually Satan, and he was the anointed cherub that covereth. So here we have that um, Satan was the anointed cherub that covereth, that he was over a creation, uh, a pre-Adamic creation. Now, I'm going to lay a little bit of groundwork. Um, I don't want to go too long with this. We're almost done here, but I thought I think this stuff is the most interesting out of the angels. Um, I'm going to lay a little groundwork um, here for Satan and his angels, all right? And this is talking about Satan and his fallen angels. Now, the first thing is, is the, in the Old Testament, every time you see the expression sons of God, uh, the Bible is always referring to angels, the fallen angels. Ever since Adam uh, lost the image of God, no man was ever called a son of God until the New Testament when we're born again. And you'll see that again in 1 Peter 1, 3 and John 1, 12. Uh, Adam was the only man in the Old Testament ever called a son of God. And you'll find that in Luke chapter 3, verse 38. So every time um, you see the son of God, the sons of God in the Old Testament, it's always talking about, um, about angels. You'll see that in Job chapter 1, verse 6, Job chapter 2, verse 1, Job chapter 38, verse 7, Genesis 6, 2, and Psalm uh, chapter 82, pretty much the whole verse. Um, now, just give you uh, some background. Uh, there was a pre-Adamic earth, which contained these sons of God, which, of course, again, are angels under Lucifer. And uh, you'll see that uh, Job chapter 41, verse 34, it talks about Satan, uh, I believe it's being the king of the children of pride, uh, which are the angels. Now, 
Um, when you look in Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 14 and 19, Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 23, you'll see, but Satan sinned, all right? So, Satan had a throne. It says that uh, he wanted to uh, take his throne and ascend above, uh, above the Most High. So, Satan had a throne. He was sitting on a throne, and that throne was down here on this earth. Um, but it says that sin was found in him, and uh, Jesus Christ uh, threw him, uh, God threw him out of uh, heaven. And, uh, and destroyed the earth that was down here, the pre-Adamic earth, which is found in Second Peter chapter three, verses five through seven. Now I know a lot of people say that this uh, that this portion of scripture here is uh, talks about the Noah's you know Noah's flood, uh, but when you know about the uh, doctrine of the great deep, and I hope we go over that sometime. It says here in Second Peter chapter three verse four, I believe it is that uh, the earth was standing in the water and out of the water. So the earth was like kind of like a a ball that was just kind of partly in the water and, and out of the water. So that's definitely not just a, a water overflowing the earth. All right. Um, so after this fall um, of Satan and uh, God and God destroyed that, that world, uh, God created Adam and Eve and gave uh, them con- the commission to replenish the earth in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. Now that means to refill. So there was something here before that. Uh, so they started having kids, and after being exiled, uh, you know, after being exiled from the garden and the fall, then the uh, sons of God show up again on the earth. Now, uh, go to chapter Genesis chapter six with me, and we'll we'll end here with uh, the sons of God here. Now, again, many people say these sons of God were, you know, just. Uh, um, just people that were saved in the Old Testament, but but there's no ever anybody could have uh, the name sons of God as human beings because we've lost that 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 image of God um, when our spirit died. Now the amazing thing to see. Let's let's look in verse uh, Genesis chapter six verse one. It says, And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them. And the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be in hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old, and men of renown. Um, so you go on. And uh, you see that God destroyed the earth because of all of this, and and because of man's thoughts were just evil continually. Uh, but Noah found grace in the uh, in the eyes of God. Now here I want you to see a couple things. Um, the sons of God were cohabitating with the daughters of men, um, and you'll see that in verse two it says that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wise of all which they chose. Um. Now, because of this, because they took wives, you have them uh, producing giants in verse 4. And it says, There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, and the same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. Now, I might be wrong with this, but I believe that this is uh, where all the mythology came, the kind of Greek mythology with Achilles and all those kind of people. These were mighty men uh, because they came from uh, producing uh, offspring from the angels, from the fallen angels. All right. Now, these angels are spoken of in the New Testament, and you'll see that in Second Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 5, where it says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved on the judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, 
bringing in the flood upon the world of, of the ungodly. And also, Jude chapter 6 uh, and 7 talks about the angels that kept not their first estate. So these are the fallen angels. They kept not their first estate in heaven, but uh, came down with, uh, with Satan. Um, and again, uh, angels can uh, reproduce with women. The fallen angels can. And uh, a lot of people say, you know, that angels cannot reproduce with with uh, with men, with women, and they try to use uh, Matthew chapter twenty two verse thirty, um, which it says the angels of God in heaven, the angels that kept not their first, uh, but um, but these angels are in heaven that they're talking about in Matthew chapter twenty two verse thirty are the ones in heaven is what I'm trying to say. And, uh, these, these ones have left their first estate. So it's not the ones in heaven, the ones in heaven. Yeah, they cannot, uh, have kids, but the ones that, uh, have left and gone with Satan, uh, they can do uh, pretty much whatever they like until the Lord returns. Now the tribulation during the tribulation, angels were again returned to the earth. Um, and you'll see that in revelation chapter 12, verse four, uh, which talks about in his tail, which this is uh, Satan. This is actually the the dragon, and this tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. So the angels are also called the stars of heaven, and uh, one third of the angels are still going to fall. I, I remember a couple years ago I was saying, you know, one third of the angels have already fallen, uh, but that's not true. This is a uh, this is going to happen. This is in a past tense. Uh, one third of the angels are still going to fall, and that's during the tribulation period. And you'll also see more references on this in Revelation chapter twelve, verse nine, also Matthew chapter twenty four, verse twenty nine, uh, and also Luke chapter twenty one, verse twenty six says, "Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, uh, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken." So you're going to have these angels, these fall, more fallen angels falling to the earth during the great tribulation period and uh, cohabitating with women again, just like they did in Genesis chapter 6. Um, and uh, now the people on the earth, uh, they'll, they'll probably think they're, uh, um, that that probably Satan is God. You know, it says that he's going to sit um, in the throne and, and pretend he's God. And also, I think they're going to think these people are just from outer space. I mean, they're going to look like 33-year-old males. And, uh, you know, they're trying to say, you know, I mean, we're setting it up right now with all these UFOs and all that kind of stuff. And they're going to come in and, uh, Acts chapter 14 verses 11 through 15, uh, and Acts chapter 19 verse 35, uh, it says that, you know, people worship them. Um, now if you look in, uh, Daniel chapter two, verse 43, it says that the angels will cohabitate with the women again. So it says, and whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, so the angels are the iron and uh, we are the miry clay. They shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. All right. So the big thing is from this, um, if you're listening and you say, boy, that's, you know, that's pretty scary that that will happen in the, in the great tribulation um, in which Satan will be cast down to the earth with a third of the angels in heaven and torment those on this earth. Uh, and it will be a terrible and unimaginable experience. It's true. Uh, but you don't have to go through this terrible period. Uh, when the angels sinned, God did not provide a savior for them, uh, but they are reserved on the chains in hell uh, for judgment, which we've already read. Now, hell was created for the devil and his angels. It says that in Matthew 25, verse 41. Not for you. Those that um, have accepted Christ as their savior will be raptured out of here and uh, be taken to heaven before the tribulation starts. And most of all, if you accept Christ as your Savior, you have a place in heaven that 1 Peter 1.4 says, 
to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. So if you accept Christ as your Savior, you can have all of your sins, past, present, and future, cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ uh, that was shed on the cross at Calvary and be heaven-bound. Now, this is something that God did not do for the angels. Uh, so the angels, it says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12, that the angels desire to look into it. Uh, it's something that the angels just don't understand. You know, they don't have a savior like we do. And, uh, and just the love that God had for us that he sent his only son to die on the cross for us. Now, God had a love for you and for me more than anything else he has ever created, uh, especially the angels. And he wants you to, to spend eternity in heaven and not in hell. All right. So that's my study on angels. All right. Well, thank you, Matt. A lot of information right there about angels and a a lot of it very, very interesting stuff. Even to think that, you know, angels weren't born. Angels were, all of them were created. Now, do do angels live forever? They do. Now, the fallen angels, um, it says that they will die like men. Um, And so they will die, but they will live forever uh, in hell. Uh, You know, it says that the that hell was made for the devil and his angels. Uh, Correct, Steve? That's right. But it also, I'm trying to think, looking for a verse here. Uh, I believe it's um, Revelation 20. See if I can find it here. Well, the the ultimate end, they'll be cast into the lake of fire. Right. Um, There in Revelation chapter 20. The sea gave up and the dead, which were in them, and death and hell were uh, delivered up the dead, which were in them. And they were judged every man according to his works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Which is uh, pretty amazing stuff. And, and, and you mentioned that there were innumerable angels, which means they, they, they what, couldn't be counted, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, that's, that's, that's a lot of angels. That's a lot of angels. That's they, a lot of creation <laughs> going on there that God's doing, right? Uh, yeah. Because he created each one. I mean, when you think about it, too, I mean, the Bible says that you can't count the stars of heaven, the stars that we look outside. Uh, we can't count all of those. And, and people thought that was just, you know, that's false information in the Bible. But the scientists still today uh, still find millions uh, more and more stars. Uh, there's just there's so many galaxies they say they can't even count them. Steve, wasn't there some reference to stars and angels? Well, I was going to, I was going to make uh, mention of that. You know, one of the things that Matt covered uh there was a reference to Revelation chapter 12. And, and the interesting thing is, is that you can use angels and stars as a way of, of how God interprets the Word of God. In Revelation chapter uh, 12, it says this, And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven. Now, a lot of times people will stop there and they will try to make their own assumption as to what those are. But if you were to take a look back in Revelation chapter 1, it begins to describe uh, Jesus Christ in a fashion that's not what he, uh, not in the fashion that he was uh, here on this earth, but what he's like in heaven. In verse 16, says, And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. 
Now, you go down further in Revelation chapter 1, and you read this, "...the mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars are the, seven, are the angels of the seven churches." So right there, he gives you a definition of what stars are. Uh, now, whether they're the, the, the stars like the sun that we have right there, but at least he likens them unto stars. And uh, it goes on further. Uh, just one other thing I wanted to mention. You know, Matt talked about the angels not being messengers or mere messengers. Those angels are creatures of war. Uh, it says there in, uh, also in chapter 12, um, let's see if I can find it here. Uh, and there were, further on down uh, in Revelation chapter 12, it says, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought with, and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the dragon was cast out. Now it's going getting ready to describe who the dragon is. That great red dragon that you read about in verse 3. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So those, uh, the, the stars in heaven that his tail drew a third part of are angels. And uh, people try to make their own assumptions, but the Bible has the answers. The Bible right. has the definitions. It's just a matter of, of going to the places and, and reading the whole book instead of just reading portions and trying to make your own assumptions. Amen. Amen. And I think also it's pretty interesting stuff about the uh, the angels um, cohabitating with women that has happened in the past and created uh, mighty men, and uh, it's coming again. I mean, that's that, that I guess that would uh, a- answer a lot of questions, of, uh, especially regarding mythology of, you know, like those big, strong... Hercules type guys, right? Yeah. And also talking about giants. It's interesting stuff. And the other thing too, uh <clears throat> I heard I you know, I'm not positive if this is true or not, but uh the Bible talks about the women uh having long hair uh to have power over the angels. Now I've heard one preacher say that uh what that means is that listen, when these, you know, in the tribulation period, if you have short hair uh, you're in trouble with these angels that fall down. Uh, the third part of the angels that fall down from heaven, because uh, maybe they, you know, they're the ones with the short hair. They're the ones that they're looking for. So uh, if you're a woman, you're listening to this right now. You might want to have long hair. Get right? your hair long. <laughs> what do you think about that, Steve? <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard that before. So actually, you know who said you're that? You're on your own, there, buddy. <laughs> you know who's you know who preached that? Uh, that was that was Gip. Was it really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I've heard him say that, so I can't speak for It was good stuff, clarity. actually. It was good stuff. All right, so now that we've determined from looking at the Bible that uh, angels are always men, and they're always, they always, they, they don't have wings, I have one more question for either you, Matt, or Steve. You, Matt, or Steve? <laughs> either you, Matt, or, oh, oh. Right. <laughs> or Steve. You know, like there's three people here. Um, and that would be, what about guardian angels? Is there such a thing as a guardian angel? Here come the crickets. <laughs> well, I, I, I'll give you this, and I, I don't know that you could really go with um, 
you know, I suppose people could call it a guardian angel. I know that when Paul in uh, Acts chapter 27 was in the, the storm, your Clyden or your Rockledon, however you want to pronounce it, uh, there stood by him that night, I think Matt made re- reference to this, the angel of God, and he, and he made a comment. It says, whose I am and whom I serve, uh, making a reference to Jesus Christ. So that angel of God or the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament is a uh, representation or an appearance of Jesus Christ. Uh, in the Old Testament, uh, there's a term that's given for that in, in theology. It's called the theophany. And, um, you know, the Lord was watching over Paul and, and making sure that, uh, as he says later on in that, in that portion of Scripture, that he would get to Rome. Uh, I can tell you of a personal experience, uh, you know, whether you want to uh, term it, uh, you know, guardian angel or what, but there have been circumstances that have taken place in my life where, you know, (laughs) either something grabbed me and pulled me back or something prevented me from doing something that would have harmed me. Uh, You know, you can deny that. You can say, oh, yeah, you're just talking out your head. But, you know, there have been circumstances that just you know, my wife and I are just scratching our heads and we're just figuring out how in the world we ever escaped out of that partic- uh, particular predicament. And, uh, you know, I, I just believe that uh, God has his angels around and, and uh, looking over us and uh, uh, protecting us. And, um, you know, the other interesting thing, and I don't know, I, I don't remember, Matt, if you mentioned it, but uh, there are times when we may entertain angels unawares. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, whether, uh, you know, we don't know who they are, uh, but they may be right around there uh, uh, checking us out or making sure we're going to do right or, or helping us out of a situation that we find ourselves. So, Yeah, I mean, like you just said, Steve, I, I don't think I mentioned it, so I just want to give the verse for that. In the Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2, it says, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. For thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Uh, so there, there's actually, when you look at those verses that we're also going to have up on the show notes on, that angels don't have wings and they're always males, um, all throughout the Bible you see that people actually entertain angels and they don't even know about it. Um, and, and that's what Hebrews right there is saying. But if they, in fact, ha- did have wings, that might that m- might have tipped them off that it wouldn't have been uh, yeah. unawares. Yeah, it could have. <laughs> <laughs> kind of hard to disguise those items <laughs> you know going back to that guardian angel question isn't and i can't i can't put my uh, hand on the verse at the moment steve will get it <laughs> <laughs> thanks guys <laughs> was, remember the verse isn't there something about the do they something about the behold their face in heaven or that's the one in matthew with the children isn't it yeah yeah isn't wouldn't that be sort of uh like a guardian angel type situation or no? Matt should have that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, Come Matthew on, chapter, Matt. let's turn to there. That's Matthew chapter 18. <laughs> Matthew chapter 18 here. How does it feel, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Steve. I'm glad we got each other's backs here. <laughs> Matthew 18, verse 20 says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there, that's not it. <laughs> no, that's not it. <laughs> and as the whole thing just sings. 
Doesn't feel so good, does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. All right, well, moving right along. That's <laughs> <laughs> where those crickets are. <laughs> those crickets are out in full force now. <laughs> well... Nobody apparently has a concordance with them. <laughs> it's only on, a Bible. Nick. It's only a Bible show. <laughs> All right, Steve. You you think you have it? I I believe I have it. It's Matthew eighteen ten. Take heed that despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father, which is in heaven. So it kind of gives you the indication that the little ones, the children, have a representative, uh, an angel representing them in heaven, and they're always before the face of the Father. Hmm. So uh, that's kind of a nice thing to have. Mm-hmm. What if that goes for adults, too? Uh, it doesn't say, but uh, it's possible. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's where the, the, the term guardian angels come from. I'm sure that it is. All right. Well, anything else? Before we wrap it up. I'm good on this end. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Just kind of what I said at the end is, uh, you know, we we know as saved Christians that someday we're going to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. And, and someday we're going to have a glorified body uh, and we're going to go to heaven. Um, if there is anybody that doesn't know for sure um, that they're one day going to get out of here and, uh, and be in heaven for all eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ and not be in hell... Uh, to get that really settled tonight. And, uh, you know, the Bible says we've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. And you have to repent of your sins, which means you have to know that you need a Savior. I mean, you can't accept Christ as your Savior without knowing that you're on your way to hell. Uh, Know that your sins have, uh, you know, in, in God's eyes, really have separated you from God and you deserve hell. And the Bible says in Luke 13.3 that you have to repent of your sins, and uh, accept Christ as your Savior, Romans ten thirteen. So if if somebody doesn't know for sure that they're going to heaven, really, I hope you get that settled. Might might want to add one other thing. You know what Matt has covered here uh, is an awful lot of ground, and there's an awful lot of verses, and it and it can appear to be overwhelming, and and uh, people might even just dismiss it because it's so much information. And I would encourage you not to do so. Uh, I would encourage you to take the show notes and and just work at it in segments. Uh, Take a little bit here and a little bit there and just work through it and and really take a look at what the Word of God says and and, uh, see that it really is a building block to, you know, one thing building upon another to bring you to a culmination uh, like what Matt was talking about in Genesis chapter 6. You know, some people might just hear that and just dismiss it out of hand and not think that the Bible would have any information regarding that. But I think that really if you build the case and and show uh, from the Scriptures, as Matt has, that uh, and take a look at those things, I think that you'll come to that conclusion. That's a good point, Steve. And and there is a, whether you're listening right from our website, there's a pause button there, or if you're listening through iTunes or something else, pause it. Look up the verses as Matt goes through them or read along with him as he as he goes through it. It's it's gonna make a big difference rather than I think rather than just listening. And that's the thing too. I mean this is 
I mean, I've been saved for almost four years now, and, and this is really a culmination of everything that I've learned um, from the Bible. And uh, again, like Steve said, don't, you know, don't get overwhelmed. You know, I, I really just brought all this, you know, I could have brought just a, a few things about angels and kind of went more into depth with them. But the way I learned personally is to have everything set in front of me. And like Steve said, you know, go at your own pace. Uh, we've set a lot of information right in front of you. So take it at your own pace, take what you can. And even if in, you know, a couple months you have to come back to it and go into another avenue, like maybe the stuff in Genesis chapter six and, you know, just, just probably about six months ago, I, I've, you know, really truly come to the fact that there, that there was a gap in Genesis chapter one verse 1 in Genesis chapter 1 verse 2 uh, where there was a pre-Adamic uh, civilization um, and you know the whole thing is is that that's taken me <laughs> about three and a half years to really believe that and the whole thing was is that I just was not believing the word of God and and saying hey that's not what I've learned so again what I've said before is definitely take the Bible for face value and, and accept what it says Amen Okay, well, thanks, Steve, for joining us once uh, yet again. And uh, you, you need to send me a picture so I can uh, work something up for the. <laughs> Nobody wants to see my mug. <laughs> for the website there. And, and uh, Matt, uh, good to have you here at the studio. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to be here. I feel like I'm home. You kind of are. I am kind of home. <laughs> does that mean I come back here and live for free? Is that what it is? No, it, no nowhere does it say that. <laughs> just, just in case, you know, somebody doesn't know, uh, we are actually father and son. So, uh, are you my dad? <laughs> that would be a little scary. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Uh, yeah. No, Matt, uh, Matt is Steve's son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No one wants to claim him. <laughs> All right, man. My whole life has been a lie. All right. All right, Steve, man. I never knew. <laughs> You're my son. I'll admit to it. All right, folks. Well, good. Good. Uh, it was fun. We had some some laughs as as well as some serious study. So it was good. All right. So we'll see you next time. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will many will meet their doom. Trumpets will trumpets will surely sound. All of the dead shall rise. Righteous be in the skies. Going where going where no one dies. Heavenward bound. Jesus is coming soon. Shall rise, righteous be in the skies, going where, going where no one dies, heavenward bound.